As you enter town, you see a crowd of people lifting a goat above their heads. They're chanting, Praise Vongren, savior of the town! Hmm. I've never heard of this Vongren. Um, do I recognize the name from all the religious studies that I've had? No, uh, despite the many years of studies, Vongren doesn't ring a bell. Okay. Um, I'll turn to one of the townsfolk nearby and say, This Vongren must be a great warrior, right? Townsperson just gives you a weird look, like you're kind of crazy, then turns back to the festivities shouting, Vongren! Vongren! Okay, well, this is weird. Um, I guess I'll wait and see what happens and if this Vongren shows up. Okay. Well, the, the crowd weaves through town and eventually ends up at the main square. In the center of the square is a plush throne adorned with jewels and gold. The leader of the crowd carefully places the goat in the seat of the throne and backs away with great respect. The entire crowd goes to their knees and bows their heads and says, Praise Vongren. They're worshipping a goat? The goat surveys the crowd and bleats, this time on becoming dm we're talking about holidays and calendars for your campaign world hey everyone this is john and danielle and before we really jump into the topic of these calendars and holidays for your world let's talk about why it might matter and to get started, I'm going to just throw it over to you, Danielle. What What are some reasons you think that it's important to to maybe consider using using this in your world? One of my favorite aspects of D and D creation, like being a DM, is adding depth to your world, making your world seem more like a living, breathing entity, like a, a like a real world. And one of the ways to do that is by having, um, you know, people do things, you know, and uh, one of like they have holidays, they celebrate things. And the more that your NPCs or your world um, exists outside of your PCs, the more life it has with your PCs in it. Yeah. And I think that, that the, the, the comment that you made, people do things. And I, I think it's an important thing to note that people do things, whether your, your party is there or not so it's it's kind of a nice way for them like they're they're entering a town and this festival's going on they're all paying attention to each other and interacting and the party's like wow this isn't about me (laughs) (laughs) well exactly there's always stuff going on and you can use that to your advantage because you can have people come in in the middle of something going on or later but it it makes everything seem much more tangible much more real because your players are interacting you don't want it to feel like this large static environment. That's the best part about D&D is you can make it so lively. Um, it, it's a world, you know? Yep. And when you start talking about holidays, it's you can, depending upon the depth you go to, it can be a very easy way to provide that living, breathing uh, environment. But you can also go really deep into it. and And that's where you can get yourself into a lot of work and we'll talk a little bit about about whether that makes sense or not here in a little bit but just keep in mind that that you can do it very easy where you're just going to say i'm going to throw this holiday when they get to this town or you can have this fully fledged out calendar where you're where you're moving forward with it almost definitely the depends on what you as a dm work better with how much 
uh, time and effort you want to put into building out a full calendar and how much history like also how long are they going to be in this place because if they're only going to be in this place for like two days uh, you might not want to build out a full calendar for the town of Silverwood <laughs> for the next three years. Oh, come on. Maybe they'll be back, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, because they always do what we want them to do. But you do make a point there that, that with um, with the holidays, you can really exhibit the passage of time in your world. Uh, and, and this is a, a trap that I sometimes get into when I run games is that when you when you run games and you're focused on the story that you're doing, you can really f- lose track of of time and how much time is passing, whether it's through traveling, whether it's through waiting for a weapon to be made or whatever. And by having um, having holidays planned out on a calendar, it can really have those those marker points where where things are happening that you can that you can show that, hey, yeah, you, the the last session we may have been talking about about uh, I don't know whatever All Saints Day, but this time uh, it's been a session or two, and now it's now it's uh, it's the Harvest Festival, and we know that there's this much time. So without really getting into the, it's been eight days, it's been fifteen days. Mm-hmm. You can you can kind of exhibit that passage of time without getting boiled down, and it's taken you three and a half days to travel from here to here. <laughs> well, exactly. And like like you're saying, you can save yourself some talking. Holidays can also be a great way to provide information to your players without just reading it to them. You know, because yeah. you, can, you can end up with, I've, you know, made this mistake before where I <laughs> write a couple paragraphs of exposition. And it, it's stuff that is important for them to know, stuff that would be helpful for them, you know, clues and hints and things like that. But nobody really wants to just sit there and be read a few paragraphs of stuff. And you can build that into a scenario that explains everything in a much more fun and interactive way to your players. Yeah, so in the Pathfinder game that I'm running, I'm doing this uh, in hopefully the next session, depending upon how far the party gets, where they're entering they're entering a new country and they're going to the the capital of that country looking for information about about uh, somebody they're trying to hunt down uh, but when they get there there's going to be this uh, this it's called the usurper festival and they're celebrating uh, several years before where the people uh, uprose against the king and overthrew the king and, and put somebody else in his place and so they they celebrate that day by carrying around like like pinatas with uh with the form of the king but his head is missing and other people are carrying around the heads and so it's a really quick and easy um way to kind of describe first off that they had this thing that happened and then second off how the people feel about it because they're all cheering and like they have they have enactment enactments of the king getting it beheaded and stuff like that um so yeah, I'm going to go a little overboard with it. <laughs> <laughs> and with something like that, it's also a great place to throw in plot hooks. So with your specific example there, you could have all these people celebrating and cheering, but the party can see this this one group of like a few people that are clearly angry about it, mm-hmm. you know, and they're not, you know, they might be planning to do something nefarious. And they you could bring the party to them and you can start off, you can kick off a whole little campaign or, or just a side quest or something like that. Yeah. And I mean, it could also be the end point for a plot hook. So maybe there's all things are coming to a head and, and somebody is at whatever 
celebration this is, is planning to to murder the master of ceremonies or or mass murder all the all the townsfolk uh, <laughs> with some sort of magical thing. You can really bring things to a head at, at these ceremonies too. And because there's so many people, it can add, add in an element of chaos and and trying to find somebody amongst a bunch of other people. Uh, so it can really kind of all add together for that ending ending part of a of a storyline as well. Oh, absolutely. It'd be it would actually be like such a cool culmination to have. It's like we know that somebody's going to blow up this festival. We need to we need to find this person to stop it. Or they could have maybe they're not following this big quest line and maybe somebody approaches them during, you know, the festival or whatever and says, hey, I know that this thing is going on. I would like to hire you to protect somebody or maybe assassinate somebody, um, you know, for different festivals and activities and holidays. Yeah, and I think the big thing is if you look at a lot of of movies that are out there that are kind of action oriented, you see a lot of things that kind of culminate in an event like this where you've got a lot of people there, you're they're celebrating and it 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 all kind of blends together uh for that protection or assassination thing uh that can happen right then. Oh, exactly. Human lives are, well, not, I guess, uh, lives in general, because this is D&D. There's lots of non-humans <laughs> around. <laughs> um, lives in general are are a great thing to put in the balance, you know, of, of uh, success and failure. It's like if you don't succeed, um, like the next 15 neighboring towns that all came here, <laughs> they're going to be abandoned really quickly. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, maybe all those towns came together for a big trading festival or something to mark the start of a season, right? So a lot of times you can do a harvest or when winter breaks. So you can run um, different events or holidays uh, for marking of the seasons to show passage of time as well. And I think that that leveraging them to mark those start and stop, start or stop of the seasons um, can can be useful to a DM that maybe has trouble identifying when those are and 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 getting into the point of describing the the landscape differently. If you have that, this is the marker. I mean, obviously, it doesn't happen like this in reality. But you, you, okay, so we did the harvest fest. Now it's now it's fall. So this is what's happening in the landscape. Even though it didn't happen with a flick of a switch, it it can still be a thing where you, as the DM, use that as the as the point where you start describing things differently. Oh, most definitely, it gives you a bit of a indicator. It's like, okay, the harvest festival has happened now, so. Uh, things are going to start getting chillier at night. They might mm-hmm. need to pick up extra bedrolls or extra clothing, uh, stuff like that. It it gives you a really good marker moving forward to adjust your descriptions, which is fabulous. Yep. And this this all kind of plays into into the calendar aspect of the game uh, because you're you're starting to build a rough timeline by defining what these holidays are. And if you get to that point, you may decide, hey, I want to. I want to build a full out calendar for the world or the country that we're in or whatever. And, and you can really leverage that calendar to do things like creating time sensitive tasks. So maybe, maybe something has to be accomplished in three months time. And by having these, by having a calendar built and by having those holidays on the calendar that allow you to identify, identify the passage of time, 
you can more easily track where they are um, with regard to trying to accomplish that task. It also helps keep your players moving in a general direction because sometimes mm -hmm. players, well, I've found that they can kind of stagnate and the, you can tell them, it's like, oh, well, I want this sword made. It's like, that's going to take, you know, six days. And the entire party's like, cool, we're going to stay at the inn for six days. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, if, if you can keep timed events happening and they know that there's a time limit, it's like so-and-so, this is going to happen in two weeks, then it can help keep them moving instead of just passing time at will because you can do that. Nobody's going to role play six days of sitting around. Right. And like the evil Bumble Bar will advance his plans in six days and take over the town next door if you wait a wait around or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Almost definitely. Bumble and bar. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so the nice part about calendars is that you can build your calendar into the past, which can help you define the history of the area and the world that you're playing in. Uh, which can help provide clues uh, to the storyline for the players to pursue, you know, possible plot hooks. The more you build out calendars and events and histories, not saying that you want to put tons and tons of time into this, because you can definitely lose a lot of time trying to build a history into a place, but yep. it can also provide you with some really good um, backlog material, you know, stuff that's happening and going around, stuff that you can fill in, possible plot hooks and storylines, just general information. Yeah, and if you have a a storyline that that relies upon a lot of lore in your world, uh, as I do in mine, then having at least some framework of a backdated calendar can help prevent you from doing things like saying that that this thing started. 500 years ago and then have the players be like oh well this other thing you mentioned about started 500 years ago too i wonder if they're related and you're like oh yeah i didn't realize that i had done that and they're not actually at the same time <laughs> um it, but there is a so there are some some tools that uh that can help you build this out um i mean you can do simple notepads or note-taking documents um the uh the tool that I have, have started messing around with is World Anvil, and they have a timeline tool within World Anvil where you can actually define what that timeline is. Ooh, and I know cool. we have a we have an uh, uh, an episode idea in the future to talk about uh, more deeper into DM's tools, so I won't get too far into that right now, but uh, just be aware that that's there if you uh, were interested in using it. Yeah, I like the sound of that. That sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> So let's start, uh, let's talk about getting started when we get into um, planning out our, our holidays and our calendars and, and stuff like that. And I think the first thing that you really have to do is decide what level of depth is uh, both important and appropriate for your campaign. Because if you have players that don't care about the calendar, won't pay attention to the calendar, or you tell them it's it's the fifth week of the Omicron uh, month or whatever. Uh, and, and they're like, yeah, 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 whatever. Then you may not want to spend a whole lot of effort into it. Just like anything else that we've talked about on the show, really keep your players in mind when you, before you start putting a lot of effort into something and, and understand is, is this something that a they'll, they'll get into and B if they are, if is it, is it something that actually adds something to the game? Oh, absolutely. You can have, and the sideline, or the opposite to that is if you have a heavy, heavy note taker, 
Um, if you got somebody at your table that's literally writing down every word that you say, uh, you're, prob- <laughs> <laughs> you're probably going to want to put a little bit more time and detail into your calendar, uh, getting it fleshed out a little bit better, uh, so you don't end up with two giant wars happening on the same battlefield 500 years prior uh, between two different groups of people that aren't related whatsoever, because they will write that down and they will know that. <laughs> they just took a rope and divided the, the battle battle line so that this battle happened. <laughs> happened here and this battle happened there it'll be fine no one crossed the line (laughs) this will be fine we'll figure this out and so how do calendars impact your game you know so if you've got these battles that have happened 500 years ago how is that impacting your game today is it completely worthless information you know because sometimes you can overbuild your history and it's like, I know that they've had 15 giant battles in this field over the past 600 years. If that's not actually going to impact your game, your players, your campaign, it might not be overly worth putting much, if any, effort into writing out that particular history. Yeah, and taking into account how detailed that history needs to be for your world is really going to going to help you determine what you build out. So it may just be rough holidays where where you've got we keep saying harvest fest. I'm going to keep saying it. You've got a harvest <laughs> fest that happens and you know that it's in fall and and that's all you've got. It could be that. Uh, it could be where you've got more defined seasons, where you maybe have things at the beginning and end of each season, um, or you could get down to the the level of fully built calendar and where you've you've built it all out. You know what the months are, and you've created these wacky names for all your months and years and stuff like that. Um, but the the key is understanding what level of, of detail is important, right? Oh, oh, most definitely. You can you can get way too deep into it, and if you overbuild it, it can just end up complicating what you're trying to achieve. Because uh, giving players too much detail, or even giving yourself too much detail, I'm not sure if you've ever done this, but I've done it to myself, where I gave myself so much detail in an area that I became confused over what was happening and when. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and the other thing that can happen when you have too much detail is that you as the DM can get get locked into this railroading pattern because you've built all this mm-hmm. stuff out. The players were on this path. They have to continue this path so they can see all the stuff I've built. <laughs> so oh, most yeah. So be careful if you get into that that heavy detail, but also understand that if you don't get into the heavy detail, it's okay. You can you can fill things out based upon what the care what the players do and and as long as you have some guideposts along the way that they can choose to follow or ignore, that's that's fine. Yeah, your calendar doesn't need to get overly overly complex. Really, you just need to understand a general idea of what your calendar might look like. Like, how long is a year, uh, depending on the size of your planet or your province or whatever? Years can change. Does it matter to your campaign how long a year is? Yeah. Yeah, it could, and that that can play into um to the seasons as well. So if you've got if you're building out seasons for the world, um, how long the year is probably ties into that because that that the number of seasons probably indicates how people track that yearly time in some cases. Oh, exactly, and how they break up the the seasons and the year, right? So here on Earth, we well 
we split it up into months, right? There's 12 months in our year. Uh, that's that's just how we do it. There's nothing saying that the people on planet X also have, you know, 12 perfectly divided months and <laughs> their harvest festivals in September or October, uh, you know. And so you, having an idea about how they break it up is going to help you know what's happening when and also why. Yeah, the word of caution I will I will say here is that I know that we all like to have our world be kind of this unique world where where the things that we've built out are different than what's in the real world <laughs> and and if you go to the lengths of of defining what all these months are and and all this stuff and giving them unique names and and totally rearranging how the calendar falls, maybe it goes maybe it goes spring uh, fall, summer, winter, or whatever. Uh, but if you if if you get too far off with what people are familiar with, it's going to be harder for them to follow. I'm not saying that you can't do this, and I'm not saying that you can't do this in a way that that makes it easy to explain. But just keep that in mind. The farther away you go from what people are used to, the more you're going to have to pay attention to how you deliver it and how you help them understand it. Mm-hmm. Not to mention you. That's that's a deep rabbit hole. Uh, I did that when I was first building my campaign setting. I went so far as to researching planet sizes and distances from suns for how long wow. days would. Yeah, no, I got, I got crazy about the whole thing. I've got a full calendar that no one but me has ever seen, <laughs> <laughs> and so it's. At, I wasted a bunch of time, and I, I will say I wasted it. Uh, aside from the fact that I learned some new interesting things. And so you do have to really be careful about how much time you're putting into this kind of stuff because, like I said, I'm the only person who's ever seen it. Do you like killing skeletons? Or maybe you prefer to take down pirates on their own ship. Perhaps you prefer hunting down all the guards at the Abbey. Why limit yourself? Do it all! With Darkwind, there's a wide variety of monsters and enemies you can choose to do battle with. That's right, the sponsor for this episode is Darkwind, the online text-based role-playing game that's free to play. You can create your character now by going to play.darkwind.org. Log in now and find that enemy you've been looking for. Now let's get back to the show. Once you kind of get through that calendar, we'll call it discussion, even though you're talking with yourself about it, <laughs> um, you, you you can start thinking about what holidays are celebrated. And I, I want to take a break here because we've been talking a lot about the things that we can do. All of the suggestions that we're putting in here, you can take or leave. Uh, you can use as much as you want or as little as you want. Even though we're talking about all of this, you could say... I'm not doing the calendar, I'm just doing the holidays, or I'm not doing the holidays, I'm just doing the calendar, whatever works best for your game. So that's my my brief break. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but once you have the holidays, like you got the things you can really do to define holidays is, is kind of understanding, are they widely celebrated? Maybe they're celebrated for a country, maybe they're celebrated for the entire globe, or maybe it's just a local celebration, like the people in this town celebrate uh, celebrate uh, um, our goat friend at the beginning of, of, yeah. of the uh, <laughs> of, of the of the show, Vongren. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Uh, so identify kind of how widespread it is when you're when you're defining those holidays. Kind of have an idea of what they are, and we'll talk a little bit more about holidays later. Uh, but for right now, let's let's keep those in mind. Mm-hmm. So it's good to know, you know, where the holiday is celebrated. So it's if you make a list of events that might be critical to your campaign, that's probably the best way to start if you're going to look at doing holidays. Uh, once you have a list about the stuff that actually impacts your campaign, then you know where to start from. So you don't accidentally overbuild or underbuild. You start mm-hmm. with what you absolutely need. Yeah. So, I mean, if you have a if you have a an event that you want to happen in your campaign that's like a key event and it's gonna it's gonna happen at some sort of festival or celebration or whatever, then you have step one. You you know that it needs to happen at this festival or celebration. You can define what that is and you can build that out for where you want it to be. Um and, and go from there. For sure. And it gives you and from there you can set your uh, time limits, if you want to have time limits, uh, whether it be days, weeks, months, and uh, fire it off with a with a festival, a harvest festival, because that's our theme, harvest festivals, because <laughs> <laughs> everybody likes pumpkin spice. We're going to have a uh, harvest festival every week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for sure. So by considering events that you can determine how far in the future that you need to start your timeline, you know, so... If you know that something's going to happen in three weeks or in six months, it gives you an idea about where you want to start your players to. So this is a good thing to, um, like, right when you're kicking off your campaign, something to put a little bit of thought to. It's like, Mm -hmm. if you know that this all has to happen at the Pumpkin Spice Festival next week, (laughs) (laughs) then you you have a rough idea. Okay, I think this will take them five days or seven days. And so it gives you a timeline on where to start your campaign as well. Yeah, and whenever you talk about timeline, remember these are players in your role-playing game, and if they're anything <laughs> like the players in my games, that may mean that they take 25 to 50% longer than I think it's going to take. So keep that in mind as you plan it out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you always have to add for the chaos factor of the players, um, which is a, a pretty a pretty significant percentage most of the time. Yeah. I mean, and it's okay if they get to the point where they need to be early. It's just that they won't be able to do that until the event. I would say stay stay on target with the with the events and the dates if you've given them to the players. Don't just accelerate them because the players did things faster than you expected them to. Um so they can always plan or or overplan or or totally derail their plans in the time that they have left. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. You can, and it it gives them time, like say they do get to town early, it gives them time to maybe do a little bit of research, scout some locations, talk to a Mm -hmm. couple people, maybe do some shopping. People love shopping. Yep. So let's talk about, we talked kind of a little bit about getting started and, and doing that calendar thing. And we talked about picking out some holidays. Now that we've got the, that list of holidays, let's talk about planning out those holidays. And, and I feel like there's a, there's a couple questions that you need to ask as you're, as you're building out your holiday in your world. And, and first off, what's the holiday all about? So, I mean, it could be something like honoring a deity. And I think that that's probably a, a fairly common theme in a lot of celebrations, even in our world, um, uh, where you've got Christmas and Easter and all that stuff. Um, so in, in your 
fantasy world, you could also be honoring deities. Uh, I play in a game. Uh, Malcolm has been a guest on the show a couple of times, and he has... Uh, it's called the Sleeping God Alcotheus, and they have an Alcotheus Day where they basically gather to hope that the god remains sleeping because if he wakes, then all hell breaks loose or, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, that, that, that could be one of the ways that, that you have a holiday is honoring that deity or, or praying for something with regards to that deity. That must be a pretty quiet festival. Everyone Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Like, don't wake him up. It's just a, a, an entire day of whispering. Yeah, well, the holiday is basically largely a day of rest. So typically nobody does anything on that day. And, and it really is for that, that you stay quiet and stuff like that. And his 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 uh, story kind of had something happen during that where an attack happened and everybody was surprised because it was on, on Alcotheus Day. So oh, nice. Uh, another reason that you can have a holiday is to remember or celebrate something, possibly a goat. Um, <laughs> Von Grin. Von Grin. Uh, so you can have like we have holidays like that um, we have in Canada we have Remembrance Day and so that's everybody's remembering it I know that uh, the United States has a similar holiday yep uh, like Memorial Day we have Independence Day um, whatever that is. So in your world, that could be the defeat of a of an enemy force that you didn't expect to defeat, or or maybe you're ce- celebrating a great ruler from the pr- past. Uh, yeah, like whatever President's that may Day, be. Right? Yeah, President's you get Day, something like that. I know yeah. that one. <laughs> um, or maybe maybe you could get your own holiday, and uh, it's from an adventure party saving the town. So that's that's one way that uh, you could have a little bit of. Uh, uh, fun with your with your players if they save this little village they could honor them yearly by throwing them a super super cool party or maybe they're throwing it for a different adventuring party in the and your group is like dang it i want to be celebrated <laughs> <laughs> exactly um so it could also be a specific event like we have mentioned many times before it could be for harvest uh you know celebrating the bringing in of the harvest or spring right the breaking of of winter which would be a huge deal back before snow plows existed you know yep. getting around trying to do anything in winter sucks uh if you've ever had to deal with copious amounts of snow you know what i'm talking about <laughs> so <laughs> when all of that goes away it is definitely worth celebrating um and people have you know across across the entire globe changes of the seasons and, you know, stuff like that are huge uh, holiday celebrations for every culture that's pretty much ever existed. Yeah, it could, also, it could also be something where they're trying to prevent a curse and they have to have some sort of ritual for the area, the town, the, the country, whatever, to prevent this curse from reoccurring or something like that, where everybody prays some way or... or, or, or uh, where everybody's quiet for Alcotheus Day. There you go. Yeah. Right? Where they're trying to everybody be quiet, don't wake them up. Um, yep. So, but that also brings us to how is the holiday celebrated? So with your previously mentioned holiday, Alcotheus Day, everybody is, I mean, they're, they are very quiet because the mm-hmm. entire holiday is built around uh, not waking up this 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 terror deity. Um yeah, and if you have something like that, you can do things that 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 the players see when they enter an area where maybe 
um, businesses, services are closed. They can't get a room at an inn because they're just closed. Um, they can't get a meal somewhere because all of the restaurants or whatever are closed. And so basically they're left to fend for themselves. Um, and, and, uh, you can really represent that based upon what's going on in the area that they're in. Absolutely. Or instead of everything being closed, it could be a massive celebration where if if they, if they want to try and buy an apple, you know, there's a lineup of 15 people already because there are just so many people in town that it's shoulder to shoulder. There's pickpockets everywhere because that's that's good pickpocket in time. Yep. And and things cost more because they know there's demand for it as people hit the streets to celebrate this stuff and all mm-hmm. sorts of stuff like that. Absolutely. Or it could be more personal where people celebrate in their own homes, you know. So I, I know with Alcothia, as you said, everybody's really quiet, but they sounded like you said that they still gathered. Uh, you could have some where basically just nobody leaves your house, you know, mm-hmm. where everybody stays home, nobody goes out. And they walk into an entire city that's absolutely abandoned, you know, tumbleweed rolling across the cobblestone type idea. Right. Yep. Um, or they could have, you could have celebrations that are, that uh, you may be familiar with where you have make an offering could be something like a burnt offering where they pile up the, the offerings and, and then torch it to, to give to the, the gods or the, or to keep the curse being away or whatever it may be. Yeah, two Shabalba dropping everything into a giant whirlpool of doom. There's lots mm-hmm. of uh, offerings that can be made. And that being said, another thing that can happen around holidays is, like in big cities, uh, holidays actually used to be a great time for the tax man to come out because everybody was there. So it was a good yeah. time to collect taxes. <laughs> and so your party could also run into somebody trying to get them to cough up some coin for the Shake city. Shake them down. Shake them down, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and and uh, additionally, it could be just a large religious ceremony where all the temples and churches are are filled with people, and and it's not necessarily a party, but it is a time of of worship. Um, um, so Alcotheus Day was kind of like that, but you could also have your own own gods or own themes that that are part of this this day of of worship. Yeah, a good day of reflection. Um, stuff like that. Also, you can have different uh, activities happening around the religious ceremonies. Uh, A lot of, well, part of the offerings could be part of the religious ceremonies too. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, and the other thing is how long is the holiday celebrated? You know, are they going to walk into this town where everybody's hiding in their houses for two weeks? Because that's going to be a lot different of an atmosphere than everybody's just been hiding in their house for 30 minutes at dawn. Right. (laughs) Well, and I mean, if you think of things like, uh, like I think Carnival lasts for for a week or two, um, um, whereas you've got other things like like Christmas, where while you have the lead up to it, the the actual day of celebration is a day or two long. So um, it really can reflect kind of real life and and how you plan that out. So some things may be longer and some things may be shorter. But the key thing to keep in mind is. How long are people going to be there? Does it matter to your to your players if this is a four week <laughs> celebration if they're going to be there for a day? <laughs> oh, exactly. And and a lot of this stuff you can you can use so much from real life built into the game because you just mentioned like Christmas. Christmas has turned into such such a thing, right? Where some people start their shopping in like August, 
you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so you can have these massive buildups to to these holidays. And you, all you really have to do is is look at the holidays that already exist around you, the ones that you already celebrate. And not all of them are going to be um, across the entire country. Some of them could just be your town. So things that you know about. And you can really pull from your daily day-to-day life for inspiration on creating these. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I find that, that doing that um, just in general without regard for, for holidays is, is helpful to some extent. And then pulling from other sources like like pop culture, movies, stuff like that also helps as well. Oh, absolutely. There's so many great places to pull from. And then really all you have to do is add a magical twist, cause it, or a medieval twist at very least, uh, because it's Dungeons and Dragons, or a sci-fi twist if you're playing in space with a space RPG. I've space never played Christmas. one. <laughs> <laughs> I've never played a space RPG, so I I don't really know, but Christmas on the holodeck, that you could do that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, to wrap up the whole holiday discussion, the other thing that you need to think about is who celebrates the holiday? Because we've been talking about it like the whole town comes out. But there could also be things like like celebrations where they talk about putting down this uh, this um, gnome rebellion where they wanted more rights or whatever, and they put them down and they're celebrating it. And so obviously gnomes probably are not going to celebrate that holiday, right? Yeah, and it's also going to affect how your party's received, depending on who your party is. If mm-hmm. you happen to have an entire party of gnomes, it might not be the best show to waltz into the middle of this celebration with all of your gear on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and 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 I mean, even aside from from that, it could be a just a situation where the people that are doing this celebration just want to do it on their own. They don't want outsiders. Um, whether or not they would normally be okay with the outsiders doesn't matter. They're, this is like, this is our private celebration. Get out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Some some ceremonies can be very solemn practices. And so to have just a bunch of random people show up could be extremely unwelcome. And it could also play into... Um, plot hooks and stuff like that because your party may or may not know that to waltz into this town during this sacred time is actually super looked down upon um, so you can definitely work that in places yeah and and to that effect you could have certain things that are that are frowned upon during the ceremony that are sacrilege that maybe even would uh would get the wrath of of uh, of the townsfolks on them, maybe land them in jail because they did this thing on this particular holiday that they're not supposed to do or whatever. Yeah, like nobody's allowed to eat goat meat on Vulgren Day. You know? I was and- about to say <laughs> that exact same thing. <laughs> it's just yeah, yeah. So having having little bits of information like that, just one or two notes about the town specifically and how they react to. Um, different things that are happening with that particular holiday, how they feel about it, what's important and what's very bad during that holiday. Um, really helpful to add to your role playability with what's going on around the party. Yeah, I think just by considering the the good, bad and ugly of those holidays can really make them a lot more than just a one dimensional thing that happens. Oh, yeah, it's 
it's the it's the day of reckoning in our in our town. Oh yeah, it's just another festival that they call the day of reckoning. Yippee ya! Uh, <laughs> uh, but if you like get into it and and it affects how the players are able to act in the town, or maybe they act that way without knowing it and get themselves into hot water. I think it it makes it a lot more uh, gives it a lot more depth, gives it a lot more playability. Absolutely, would agree there. Well, I think that's all we really wanted to talk about today around calendars and holidays. Uh, Thank you for joining us again. Uh, We'll be back in a couple weeks with a new episode. But until then, stay Stay nerdy, nerdy, friends. friends. Thanks for joining us again. As always, it really helps when you share the show with friends to help increase our listenership. Send them to our website, becomingdm.com, or Facebook. We are facebook.com slash becomingdm. And on Twitter, we're at Becoming DM. We'll be back in two weeks. See you then.